name. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to jump right in and um, really make you think a little bit today. I, I've been trying to apply this through my life the whole, the whole week, and I'm, I'm kind of setting the stage for that in your life. If y'all look at the title today, it's called It All Depends. I talked to my wonderful mother-in-law, a.k.a. grandmama, throughout the week, and she said, well, what's the message on? I said, well, it all depends. She said, oh, you still working on it? <laughs> I said, you know, that's, that's the name of it all depends. <laughs> now, if you ever ask somebody a question, it really doesn't matter what the question is. You can say, hey, you think you guys might come on Saturday night? <laughs> Woo, work that right in there. And they go, well, it all depends. It all depends, you know. Hey, well, you think you might, uh, you know, do this or that? Well, it all depends. And, and so, you know, it, it really doesn't matter the question. What really matters is who are you depending on? What are you depending on? That's what I'm getting to today. And there was a lot of different verses, and I love this verse, and we preach out of this often. And the reason I used it again is because I want you to see just how rich even one word that God breathed to us. Because you could take that and look at that and just pull sermon after sermon, uh, teaching after teaching out of that. So we're going to start here, but we're going to cover a lot of ground. John 15, 5. I love it. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you believe that? It's, it's, you know, we, we do very little apart from God. Who woke you up today? That's right. A lot of people say my wife, right? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of wives say my husband. He's been storing all night, right? But you know what I mean. And, and looking at that, so how often do we really, you know, I think sometimes we think dependent on folks or dependent on something or somebody is, is weak. But I, I read this and I wrote it down. I want you to hear. Total dependence on God is not weakness. It is a place of surrender that acknowledges that we can do nothing without him. Boy, that's simple. Pure and simple. I'm going to read it again. I like that. Total dependence on God is not weakness. It is a place of surrender that acknowledges that we can do nothing without him. See, it really, it really starts right there. You know? How many, man, I, I tell you, it's really hard. Maybe, maybe it's more hard for guys than, than girls. I don't, I don't know. But I know, you know, my dad always means you got to be your own man. You got to be able to do it, man. You got to make that living. You got to do, you know, raising you up. So you think you got to do it all. You know? But you find out real fast you can't do it all. But that's why we need to reset our, our spiritual barometer, so to speak, and really start depending on God. And so this week I kept asking myself, how much do I really depend on God? I was kind of shocked. There's still a whole lot of me in here that needs to be gone. You know? Well, I, I can do that. Yeah, I'm thinking I can do all things through, through Christ, but a lot of times I just go ahead and do it. You know, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to fix this oil, this gas filter on my truck and all this stuff. Be sure to clamp off the gas line when you pull the filter with a full tank of gas. My clothes are still out front. Denise said, you are not bringing that in the house. I came in. I said, I can't believe she said, oh, get out of here. I had gas from here to here. Probably won't ever have no armpit hair no more. That's right. That's right. You'll probably say, hey, Pastor, hey, Pastor Buddy. Hey, do that wheel like that. But what I'm saying is, I was dependent. Oh, I, I got it. It's no big deal. It's just me just spinning off and putting it back on there. You know, that's a good thing to pray about everything, isn't it? It really is. But, you know, a lot of times we just give God the, what we call the hard stuff. You know, the sickness. You know, the money. You know, 
the, 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 the nosy neighbor. Fill in the blank, you know. And be careful of that because they probably say the same, the same thing about you, right? <laughs> but so many times I think if we looked at that and realized it's not a place of weakness, but it's a place of surrender. And I pray that as we get together today that we surrender our hearts to Christ. Hey, first and foremost, we want to make sure everybody knows what it takes to get to heaven. We're going to talk about that. We talk about it all the time. But as believers, I'm talking to those here today that have already chosen and given their life to the Lord, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. How much are you depending on? Think about this. Now, sometimes this is, this is what goes on in this little peanut head of mine. And I'm sitting there thinking when I'm going through different things, I said, now, wait a minute. If I can trust God to hold my security for eternity, can I trust him with my rent money? Can I trust him with my elbow when it hurts? Can I trust him with my kids when they're not feeling good? We know we can. But I think as we realize we need to, everything changes. We get to that point of surrender. And I said, we, we need to, to understand that he doesn't want us just to wait till we run out of our own resources to put things in his hands. He wants us to depend on him for everything. I said, see, it really depends on him because apart from him, we can do nothing. Now, I thought about this uh, before we get to the next slide. I was going to have Miss Cheryl, if she was here, to share something she has. But I'll, let's go to the next slide first so you know what I'm talking about. How many people have ever seen this? The frog, the, the thing there. Miss Cheryl has a pocketbook with all these little frogs on it. And I, you know, I'm, man, that's a really cool pocketbook. And that's her little witness pocketbook. Because mm -hmm. when you talk to her about those frogs, the first thing she's going to tell you is talking about fully relying on God. So I call it her witness wear, you know, and that's really cool. But uh, today, not only we're going to kind of launch off from that point, I, I, as I was studying, Lord, Lord even showed me more things that we could pull in from there. So I want to share a few things with that. So fully rely on God. What does that look like? What does that look like? Yesterday, uh, Tanya and I were asked to do a uh, music at a funeral. And uh, it was a friend of mine's mom. She was 88 years old. I, I knew, knew the family for probably 20-some years. I mentioned a little bit about it. Miss um, Stella Rathbone went on to be with the Lord. And I listened to what they said about her life. Man, what a beautiful picture. And uh, even, even my buddy was saying, uh, he said, yeah, we, we're painting a really nice white picture of mom, but she could, she could be a little rough around the edges too. They're keeping it real. But you know what? I thought about the message. And there was four things that, that, that they really picked out on that message of, of their mother that defined her. Faith, family, food, and flowers. And, and I thought, well, at first I said, well, that's, that, that's her. I mean, that's her. You know, when they, when they found her, she went home to be with the Lord. She had went to sleep that night. She had been studying her Bible in the book of Revelations. 88 years old. Always keeping that Bible close. Isn't that amazing? So that puts her being born, right, at about 1927. And I heard him talk about some things in 1927. I even looked up a few things last night. 1927. See, a lot of times we don't want to rely on God unless things get hard. Many of y'all, might, might, your grandparents, maybe some here, might have been born around that same time frame. Or even maybe now we think some of those things are tough. But I just want to give you a couple things here. So look at this. 1927. A radio, a radio was $75. A lot of people didn't have money for that. I think they might have been relying on God a little bit. 
I read some more last night. So when, when, when Henry Ford opened a Ford plant, he was going to pay people $5 a day. People were moving from different parts of the country to come to where he had set up his uh, operation. And also I read a little deeper. See, things are kind of tough all the time. The $5 was based on a lot of different things. How many knows a lot of times when you get into something, it's not as good as what it sounds? See, that $5 was based on everybody doing their part on the assembly line, which really meant this. They had it tweaked so tight that if you were doing about everything you could, you're going to get about 250 You see what I'm saying? See, a lot of times you see what's going on. You say, man, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's tough now. It's tough. I realize that each of us go through some tough times. And the reason I'm going back, it just reset my brain to what maybe my grandparents went through, my mom and dad went through. Different folks here went through. Kind of give you a little bit of perspective when somebody says something, if you know the background where they're coming from. I could never understand why my dad had so much what I call junk in his garage. But see, he went through that. Man, if he could track down a three-legged table, <laughs> he thought, man, he thought he had hit the, hit the lottery. Because you know what? He would fix that. And he would do that. And he would do some other stuff. And then, then he'd probably give it away. He would fix all these lawnmowers, giving the lawnmowers away to the neighbors and stuff. And he would always remember about not having a whole lot. He said, man, things are tough, man. Things are tough. He told me a story one time. And uh, every time we would go by, like the Salvation Army thing ringing, my dad would take whatever he had and shove in there. And as a kid, you start growing up, you're going, well, you know, you just gave to that yesterday. You know, you know what I mean? We start trying to reason things out. And he says, son, you don't understand he said, when I was five years old, our house burnt down. All we had was a frying pan and what was on my back. He said, those people fed me. Woo! Who is it that God's put in your life that's feeding you? Now, I know we got blessed by a lot of good cooks around here. But I'm talking more even spiritually. Who's come alongside when you were in that burnout stage, that meltdown stage? I'm sitting there thinking to what my mother-in-law said. Well, it's good to get all your notes down, but you'll probably preach whatever the Lord tells you. That's what we're doing right now. Because you know what? You don't really realize that sometimes. We do get burnt out. We get overdone sometimes. And man, when somebody can offer that sweet, refreshing word of God, or just say, hey, it's going to be all right. That makes all the difference in the world. But you know what? We can fully rely on God. And trust that his word is always going to be in season. Amen. Let's roll on back in here. What we got. So I said, well, you know, fully relying on God. That's great. Man, they got a lot of frogs out there. A lot of things out there. A lot of t-shirts out there with that on bracelets. And how do we do that? So what does that look like? I got to think, what does that look like? And I said, man, you know, let's take a look at this. I said, to me, I'm going to pull my own version of frog out. All right. We'll just go a little deeper layer on here. Faith. And what does it say? Hebrews 11, 6. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. How many people want to please God? I'll get a drink on that. <laughs> How many people? It's water for all y'all that are listening or alive. We want to be God pleasers, right? What's it going to cost me? That's what usually goes off in the back of our mind. What am I going to have to give up? What do I got to stop doing? What do I got to do? What, what? We, we, we start considering the cost. If you want to consider the cost, consider the cost of what he gave up so that we can be in that relationship, so that we can spend eternity with him. And it says, okay, impossible to please God uh, without faith. 
Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Do you believe God exists this morning? Amen. Amen. And he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Man, get that in your heart. Monday morning's coming. Got a big day. Got a big week in front of you, right? Because everybody's going to be here like 5 o'clock on Saturday. So we're going to make sure we get all everything cleared away. Damn, just move and put that right in there. But guess what? He says that we must believe that God exists. And he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That means we need to rely on him at work, at home, at the grocery store, at every point of our life. Now, I'm going to beat that into ground because I think that's what we need because I've heard it over and over and over. But when I did a self-check this week, I found that I wasn't really relying on God as much as I thought so. So that's the test this week. Find out how much you're relying on God. And we're going to, we're going to clarify some of that. So I just want to go a little bit deeper in that. Do you, you know, I, I, I said, how many folks want to be God pleasers? We talked about that. And I said, do you trust God? I know you do. And I said, as we go through this message, I want you to look at different areas of our life. Are we trusting God in that? Okay, just, just keep that in mind. Am I trusting God in my family? Am I trusting God when I left here today and Jesse's sick that God's going to take care of him? Lord, prayed over him. We prayed over him this morning. I'm trusting God you're going to bring healing to my baby boy. Right? Absolutely. Thompson Alexis on the road. Hey, I pray that hedge of protection on them. And not just my immediate family, but my church family. I'm going to start out with faith in the one who holds it all together. Amen. So that's a good way to start out. Okay. What else do we got? When I saw that, oh, I immediately thought of something that many of us don't see much of. Rest. How many people sleep eight hours a day? I'm not talking about at work. Eight hours a day. <laughs> Somebody just put their hand back down when I said it. <laughs> How many people sleep six hours a day? Five. Do I hear five? I'm in the five and four bracket myself. If you want to look like this, <laughs> sleep five or four hours. Everybody say, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> I need 12 hours. Think about that. So, yeah, we know we've got to rest our body, but what about our, our spirit? Are we resting again, relying and resting in the Lord? And I thought about that. Peace is knowing him. You ever seen that? People get all worked up about some man. And I'm thinking, well, if you know the Lord, how are you getting all bent out of shape about this thing? Now, we can't get a bit out of shape as believers. Not saying that. But man, isn't it good when somebody comes along and says, hey, 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 let's pray about this thing. Remember this happened a couple of months ago? This happened to me years ago? This happened to somebody else? And look how God brought us through there, right? We got to re reflect back on those things. I wrote a few things down here. I said, you know, the more we experience his presence, the more we can rest in his peace he provides. And friends, this is what I hear all the time. I'm so stressed out. I hate that word. I hear it when I get home. I hear it when I go down the road. I hear it on the radio. I hear it, I hear it from kids. I hear it from older folks. I don't hear it from a mom, though. 87, she don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, How was she doing? She said, every day is good. And I'm thinking, I guess it is. I bring you something to eat every day. It's good. She's like, well, what's for supper? Yeah. But my mom's got to the point in her life, she don't, she don't worry about a whole bunch in that aspect. She'll worry about everything else that she has no control over, though. But she, she has a great attitude, though, back. So you want to move her out of the house, and y'all know that story. So you want to take her down the road. That's it. Because a lot of times she gets comfortable. We get comfortable. See, Saturday at 5 o'clock, that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Man, you know, but I usually do this on Saturday. I usually do that. But we're giving you an opportunity to come together with your brothers and sisters in Christ 
and do something that can impact the kingdom of God. Just take a little bit of time. Everything takes investment, though, doesn't it? Everything takes investment. And usually, the first thing, it's going to take your time. It's going to take some of your time. So when we start investing about something, we want to know, is it worth our time? Right? I think somebody knowing Jesus is worth my time. I really do. I think somebody getting snatched out of hell and, 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 and saved for eternity from a place of heaven, that's, that's worth it. Aren't you glad somebody thought you were worth it? Right? The number one thought it was worth it. Jesus. He said, you're worth it. So we got to know him. How do we know him? We got to spend more time with him. I, I, I just, I go back, with, I, I wrote this in Ray down here. I said stress level. Just want the stress level down. How can I focus on God if this is going on in my life? Anybody's head going like that sometime? Everything because your rent's coming and the car's not working right and you know you should have done this and don't forget to write the card and don't forget you got to learn that new song before you go to the funeral and then, and then they might want you to say something at the funeral so you better have a verse at the funeral. That's just this week. Oh yeah, but don't forget we got to go to the homeless ministry on Wednesday but guess what? We had a big storm so we couldn't go to the homeless ministry. But we got to find a girl to call her and tell her we can't go to the homeless ministry. He said, what is he babbling about? That's what can happen when we're not relying. That's just one little snapshot. And you guys got your own little window, man. But I'm going to tell you what. You got your own big God for you. And he says more than enough. When we get in the presence of God, what happens? Everything gets stripped away. You know, I pray as we pray this book, you know, play the songs of worshiping, that, that that out there is out there. And God is right here. And I don't want you to keep God in this building. Keep him in your heart and carry him everywhere you go. But we got to continue to beat on him. We've got to continue to rely on him. And then we've got to trust him. For my oh, I put oath. God made a promise. How many know God made a promise or two? He's got a good track record, don't he? A whole lot better than me and you, right? I mean, he, he, you got his word on it. I love this. If you want to write a couple of scriptures down, I'm going to read them to you. didn't have room for them, but right here. One that I use every week, I think, since I've been preaching. Romans 10, 13. And it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's one of the first verses that I ever learned. Because I knew I was a whosoever. You know? I wasn't the smart guy. I wasn't the good looking guy. I wasn't the guy that went to Bible school. I wasn't the guy that, that, that went to church all the time. And when, when, when they brought that verse to me, that was one of the things. The man told me, he took me in the back. He said, look at this. Do you believe this? He said, I want you to read this. I want you to read this out loud. I want you to grab all this. This, this man that led me to the Lord was, was so about Jesus. He wanted me to know. Yeah, I'm a long-haired guy. He said, read it. And I read that. He said, read it out loud. This is an old school preacher, man. They took me in a little room back there and said, do you understand what God did for you? Yeah, yeah, I need this. No, do you understand that he gave his life for you? And by the time I got out there, I knew what God had done for me. But you know what? I also knew that God was the one holding on to my salvation. I knew that God was the one that made a way. And God says, you know what? I'll never leave you forsake you. Amen? When you start looking at those things, things start to change. Let me give you another verse. Look at this. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. It says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, that's his word, right? The gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with his promise, Holy Spirit. Sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in every believer that's put their faith and trust in the Lord. 
How you feel now? Now I know all the bathroom scales ahead. But think about that. Sometimes we forget about those things. We think I'm all alone. I'm all alone. You're never alone when you got Jesus. He, he's there. He's all over. So let's keep on going. It says the Spirit is God's guarantee. How many people like a guarantee? You get a new car, you want it. What's a warranty? What's a guarantee? Right? Anything. You look at the expiration date on the tuna can. You want to know how long it's worth? The milk, right? All those things. You want to know how long is it good for? God says, you know what? What he's given us, he seals us with the Spirit. And we, it's guaranteed that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. And then I love this right, right here. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what God's done for us. And you wonder, why is he always like the book of Ephesians? That's a good starting start spot right there. But I ain't found a bad spot in the book of uh, the Lord's Word, have you? Sometimes it'll make you tighten up a little bit. Sometimes it'll make you make a little adjustment. But guess what? It's for our good. Why? Because he loves us so much. Let's read this again. Verse 14. The Spirit of God is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. Look at somebody say, I got the promise. I got the warranty. I got the guarantee. I got Jesus. See, that's what we really need to know. Because God said that. It's not what Buddy said. This is what God's word said. When you get a hold of that and you start walking in that, it changes everything in your life. It changes the way you deal with everybody. Man, sometimes at work, I have to remember that. How about you guys? Sometimes at home, I need to remember that, right? Guess what? I need to fully rely on God. When, 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 when people don't respond real nice, I know y'all can't believe that somebody wouldn't be nice to me. Isn't that amazing? It happens all the time. And you know what you want to do? <laughs> exactly. You want to say, oh, excuse me, I don't know that was there. Right? No. You just go, Lord, you got to help me with this situation. <laughs> if Jesse were here, he could do it better than me. I don't know because I don't know. He says, when I get mad, I do this. <laughs> and he goes, son, he says, I told you to slow down at that sign. I said, do I do? He says, oh yeah, that's what you What are you thinking? <laughs> I said, is that what I sound like? That's what he hears. He goes, what are you thinking? What were you thinking? So last night we drive to Chick-fil-A. And I said, okay, what were you thinking? <laughs> what? We drive this way all the time. Is there something wrong with this lane that leads right there? Or did you just want to drive in this one for a little while? I don't know what I was thinking. That's why I asked you the question. <laughs> what are you thinking? I know God probably sometimes just go, what are you thinking, buddy? You know? And I try to keep it fun, you know, and see what's going on. But I know that my time with me behind the wheel with him is shortening. I'll pray for us all. All right? And he really does good. But, you know, you just want them to be thinking all the time. You want them to experience the good stuff. You want to make sure they're safe. Isn't that what moms and dads do? Just think how much more that, that God wants for us. You know? So I know March, April, April the 7th, he's going to want them keys, baby. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to do what we start out in my family calling the Bull Island 500. Amen. You don't Amen. need to go. <laughs> all right. You can drive to the pool, you can drive back. You can drive to church, you can drive back. I'm timing you. Right? That's it, man. My folks were amazing. They were strict. And then they would do stuff to mess with your mind. They'd just say, okay, go ahead. Is it a trick? I got my license. 
right? I, I got my license. Everything got all squared away. And we had the vehicle. Everything was good. And I was ready to roll. And I got said, you want to go riding around? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I got to check with my pops. My dad calls home from work. Son, if you ever hit anything, don't run. Son, if you run, you'll take everything we got. And you don't want to live with hurting somebody. Okay? All right. All right, let me talk to you, Mama. And I'm going to get in the car. I'm going, what did you do that for? Messed me all up. I was ready to jam. I had my Miller Skinner 8-track in there. I was running to go pick up the fellas. And now I'm thinking, this is a lot of weight in this car. He had told me the night before, you ride a motorcycle all the time. How, long, how hard is it to stop? Not bad. If you hit the tree, you come right to a stop. <laughs> he said, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of momentum. You need to give yourself room. I can hear all this in my head. All this stuff. You need to do this. He was trying to protect me and protect others. You know? What does God do? Same thing. See, prior to that, as a young boy, I thought he was trying to keep stuff from me. But that day, when I got those keys... And I was the guy driving, I knew it was on me. I knew it was on me at that point. I go, wow, that's a big deal. You know what? Living for God's a big deal. So how do we do it? We have faith and we, we fully rely on God. We rest in him. We believe God is going to stand by his promise. And we're going to enjoy his grace, amen? The favor of God. I wrote this down and said, the free unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. That's what, that's what the dictionary said. Let me tell you what, what it break down in Buckler translation. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. God loves you because he loves you and he wants the best for you. And he loved you so much he gave Jesus Christ to keep you in his family forever. That's God's grace. So when you think about a frog next time, I hope just one little, one little hop, maybe you'll think about, I'm going to fully rely on God. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to rest in knowing God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be enjoying the promises of God, and I'm going to enjoy the grace of God. Everybody doing good? Say amen. Well, what else we got? Comes in with abiding. How is that different, buddy? Let's take a look. What does it mean to abide in him? I said, we just don't have to make it complicated. I'll give you the, the little translation here I got. Let's just choose to let him do the living through us every day. Let's just choose to let God's way be our way. Yeah, and I'm going, wow, I need your help, Lord. But guess what? We have the Spirit of God in us to help us. I'm never here to beat you up. I'm always here to lift you up because I'm preaching to me first. But I'm going to tell you what, when we look in God's Word, man, we need to hold firm to those things. What would our life look like if we were abiding in Christ? All the time. Yeah, but if they do this, I mean, you just want me to sit down and take it and everything else? Give it to God. Yeah, but they said and she said, it's funny. Have anybody been watching the presidential stuff going on? I have never been more embarrassed in my life. Well, he said that you a liar. This is that. I'm not picking anybody or anything. I'm just saying, look at, I'm thinking, I could go to like Denise's second grade class and get the same response. You know? Well, he said, and she said, and what about this? And 30 years ago, you did that, and my mom said, and my dad can beat your dad, and, you know, it's just crazy stuff that they got out there. But I don't, I don't want to live my life like that. Wouldn't it be 
be something else that you just say, hey, man, I'm not going to be a part of that. That we can step above that. Sometimes it means you got to turn the other cheek. I am not talking about being a doormat, friends. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking God's way and abiding in Him. Let's take a look at this. Still talking about abiding. I said, live in each moment totally dependent on His life within us to cause us to be all He has called us to be and to do all that He desires us to do. Man, I go back to that funeral. See, a funeral gives you an opportunity to reflect not only on the person's life, not only on where they might spend eternity or where you might spend eternity or other people listening, but give an account of your life. Am I the only one who does this? I go to a funeral and I go, I wonder what they'd be saying if I was here. And I don't say that to go, oh, buddy, it was just, no. I want to know what my legacy would be. And if I want my legacy to be good, I can't do it on my deathbed. It needs to start today. I need to be abiding in Christ. You know? My buddy's mom was all about loving on her family. She was all about getting the word out. See, when I got saved, she was the folks, she and her husband were the one that sat behind me and my wife. And Thomas, Thomas was up. And Thomas get a little antsy. Jeff's dad's name was R.L. Stands for R.L. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. Somebody asked me, he said it's R.L. His dad sneak a little bit of candy. Give him a little something like that. He didn't get all wrapped up around the wheel. Oh, he ought not be in here, everything else. He said, man, that boy's in the hearing of the word. Isn't that something? Just like these two young fellows right here, they're hanging out with us. Getting the word, man. I'm proud of them. I think it's great. Abiding in him. Think about this. He has called us to, do, to, us to be and to do all that he desires us to do. I don't like stuff halfway done. How about y'all? I don't like stuff... Not finished. And if my name's on I don't. I definitely don't like that. You ever go to work and you're working on something and, and you know, something else comes up and then just so happens the boss will come up and say, how are we coming on that project? And you got to tell them, well, it ain't exactly done yet. You know? And there are other things. We didn't have a part. We didn't have this or whatever. But you know when you have to deliver and you have to give an account, come on now, when you have to get an account of that, First thing that's going through his mind, I said, what were you doing all day? Right? right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what, what exactly were you doing? And what do you usually do? You tell him all the stuff you had done that you couldn't get done, what he asked. Right? What does God ask you to do? It might be a little different for each person. But I guarantee you, it's going to come back to this. Pointing people to Jesus. It's going to come back to sharing your life for Christ. Making a difference for Christ. Amen. Let's keep on going. I wrote this down a while back and, and used it again. I thought it was something that's so fitting. I said, abiding isn't a formula. It's a friendship. It's a fellowship. Just like the movie night. We're going to have a friendship and fellowship. Blessing bags. All those different things. I, I, I keep looking back through here and I just go, man, isn't this something? Religion is a formula. We don't have religion. We got a relationship. That's personal. Religion is you do this, you get this. You did that, you got that. Right? A lot of the world's set up like that. But then we just talk about grace. God's unmerited, unearned favor. You think about that. You, 
moms and dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Your kid will do something. You lay their law down and everything else. And then you still do something for them. And you still love them. And you still come back and everything. Why? Because you love them. You love them. Man. And you think, sometimes I think, whoo, if my dad had known half the stuff, I can say that just in here, half the stuff that I pulled, would he still love me? I know he would, but I probably wouldn't be walking that good. And I never got a spanking that I didn't deserve. I, I've skated on a few of them. But uh, I will tell you this. Isn't that the love that God has for us? The love God has for us, unconditional, man. It's amazing. And then, you know, I think one of the things I know for me, I see that with my kids. They can make you mad. They can make you go, what are you, what are you thinking? As Jesse says, you know? Next time, if you all ever see me mad, see if I do that. He said, you do that. It's because I'm trying to get the best to him. It's because I want the best for them. I want them safe. I want them to have the blessings. I want them, but I don't want them to appreciate it. Amen? I want them to appreciate it. See, I don't think it's a problem given if they understand how they got it or why they got it. You know? I had no idea till later on how much my dad was teaching me and my mom. I remember going to get a 10-speed bicycle, man. Everybody had one. My dad didn't even call him a 10-speed. He called him an English racer. You know? I said, what's that? No, I want a 10-speed. Yeah. yeah, did all right. Cut the grass, did a few things. And we're driving along. And the whole time, he was telling me a story about how long he had to save up for a bicycle. Now, about 10 years old, you don't really want to hear that. He's like, oh, my gosh, man, you know? I'm just being honest. And then later on, I thought, man, he just wanted me to know what it cost. Never hung it over my head, you know. Just want to know, you're worth it. You're worth it. And I want you to appreciate it. I just want you to appreciate it. Do you appreciate what God's done for you? Man, the more we know, it just gets overwhelming. That's why I'm up here and I start talking to myself and then next thing you know, I start going, start getting like that because it's overwhelming to have the privilege to speak God's word. It's overwhelming to know that we got a spot in God's family. Not because of anything we did, but because everything God did, and we trusted him for it. Abiding in him. It's not a formula. It's a friendship and a fellowship. Man. You ever talk to somebody and they say, well, man, you act like you know Jesus. I do. I do. And I know that I would know him better if I did more abiding. How about you? I know I would know him better if I did more abiding. What keeps us from doing that? Sometimes it's just selfishness. Sometimes it's the quick fix. Sometimes it's we think we know better, but you know we know we don't. But you know what? I wrote something in my other notes. I just saw it. I wrote it down this morning. I put abide and I said, staying in him even when you don't feel like it. How about that? You know what I mean? Sometimes you say, I don't want to be nice today. Does that ever happen to anybody? You know, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. If they ask me that one more time, man, it's just like, you know, or whatever the case is. I'm talking about real life stuff, you know. But I know as I abide in him, <laughs> I'm not even going to look back there. My brother's going, oh, my God, she's speaking to me. Yeah, I'm speaking to me too, bro. 
Isn't that something? Because, you know, we just go, I just can't believe it. The days are getting longer and your patience is getting thinner, right? Everybody's real quiet. He ain't talking about me. He ain't talking about me. And then all over, did you call him? Did you tell him? <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same. I tell you what. I got to tell you one. I got to tell you one about one of my great low points, right? Got many of them. When I get ready to go somewhere, I'm ready to go. And my wife can buy 963 things to do before she gets out to that car. We had to go to, I think it might have been your birthday. You were little. I don't know who, they went to one of the parties. Might have been Mitchell's, one of the kids' birthday. We're out there. And come on, Mom. Got the guys in the truck. Come on, Mom. Come on. She's going. She's back and forth, back and forth. Finally, she's she got to feed the cats. She's got to make sure her car's locked. She's looking at the roof and finding things that I need to do. The bushes need to be trimmed on. And we finally get in the car. She gets in the car. I said, anything else? Well, I had to do this and I had to. Y'all just run out here and get in the car. Right? <laughs> Y'all just go run out there and get in the car. I had to get this and Jesse needed that and Thomas needed this and you needed that. And she's right. But I wanted to go. And so I back up a little fast. Oh, she was on me. I said, oh, that wasn't nothing. <laughs> Three donuts in a circle. My kids look like hockey players. <laughs> now, if you want to yell about it, you got something to yell about. She didn't talk for a day. <laughs> Woo! But when she did, it wasn't pretty. I do not. I do not think that was a good idea. Now. But I'm just telling you, right? But you know, those things got a way of haunting you. After I apologize, ask forgiveness, everything else, and all that, that weekend, my neighbor comes over to talk to me. And I go, oh, okay. He goes, hey, man, what's up, my guy? Everything's cool. Yeah, man, what's going on? Yeah. He goes, man, somebody did a burnout out here, didn't they? He just he goes, yeah, my dad did it. We went around three times, man. He goes, yeah, how about that? I go, oh, yeah, I got to go inside. Just got away and just wearing you down, don't it? Man, I was not abiding. I was not abiding. But you know what? <laughs> I'm thankful enough just to tell you that you know what? His way would have been a whole lot better. Because the time my wife finished telling me about, do you know how much those tires are going to talk? Cost? What happens if a little cat ran out in front of you? I mean, I mean, she straight me down like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think about it. I just want to go, go, go to the party. Because <laughs> we don't think about that, you know? Didn't you say the transmission was slipping? I guess it is. You know? Golly. <laughs> Jesse looks like a hockey player. He plays all up in the You know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can do that when your wife ain't here. You can say this. <laughs> Grandma will say, I'm going to tell on you. Oh, my goodness. I told you I repented. I told you she was right. I'm just telling you. You think when you build some stupid stuff, and it's only you? Gotcha. I'm right with you. We need Jesus. Amen. Come on. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> expressing. Let's talk about expressing the Lord. Abiding in Christ cannot be separated from expressing the life of Christ. But we have a choice, as I just showed you. Right? We have a choice. I know that never happened to nobody. I know. I guarantee you that that's never happened to Sonny putting his boat in or taking out nothing like that. Never. Or Tanya and Tim, Tanya and Tim with their camper. I always said, I always said, 
I always say, hey, let me know when y'all are going to back that in. I want to come over. She do not come over here. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I was not abiding either. Yeah, see, there you go. All right, Grandmama, tell them about something. <laughs> She's over here like this. Mm-hmm. I'm just teasing. <laughs> she said, I would have never let, let him marry my daughter if I'd known that. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's, that's uh, come here, we're, we're just being real. But abiding in Christ cannot be separated from expressing the life of Christ. When we're abiding in Christ, we're going to look like Christ. When we're not, we ain't. How's that? That's just the truth. We ain't. I think that's a word in the dictionary. Now. Did they finally put it in there? Pretty close. But think about that. Abiding in him. Think about just like our verse where we started out. Just like that grape. You know? The vine, the branches, the leaf. But here's the truth. Every now and then, you might get a bug on your leaf. Right? You're going to pluck that bug off your leaf. But you still got to remain. It's tough out there. <laughs> ben is having a good time back there. Right, I'll, I'll replay that back later. But think about that. So many times that we, uh, we just take our way. And I, I pray that, you know what, Lord, help us to express you better. Let's see, see what's going on. You can't express what you don't possess. Amen? And if you think you can, you can only keep it up for a little while. Because people know. People see. Whatever. But you know what's amazing, though? The people that really love you, and you're doing the best you can, and you stumble and you get back up, they say, hey, baby, you know, that's part of it. Let's keep on going. What you don't need is go, ha, 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 ha. That's what, yeah, uh-huh, yep. Mm-hmm, look over the glasses. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't need that. I need somebody to help me back up. I don't need somebody to jump on me and go, yeah, see, I, I've been waiting for you to mess up, man. I've been waiting for you to mess up. Golly, how about lifting me up and I lift you up? How about let's continue to do our best to express what we possess through Christ, Amen. Look at the fruit tree. We talk about that. So many times I've used this expression. I said, you know, apples grow off apple trees, oranges grow off orange trees, all those different things. Money grows off money trees. Y'all got one? Got you. I got everybody. Everybody said, what do you think? (laughs) But then, why do we think we should, I mean, isn't it crazy? Shouldn't we be expressing Christ? Man. In the book of Acts, they talk about when they first start calling us Christians means little Christ. Man, that's what I that's what I want to represent. Some days not so good. You know? But I tell you what, I'm gonna get back in the game. I'm gonna get back in the word. I'm gonna keep on going. I'm gonna say, Lord, what in the world's going on? I want to express my heavenly father to others so that he will be known and and, and that they will know him. Amen? Let's keep on going. Look at this. It's a biblical Christianity. Is an expression of, of the life of Christ through his church into the world. That's what we're talking about. Doing with their blessing back. Not just limited to that. That's just something we're having an opportunity. Every day. Inviting people. Loving on people. Praying for people. When's the last time you prayed for somebody on your job? You said, man, you don't know where I work. Maybe that's why you need to pray for them on your job. And I don't mean you got to go up there and grab your Bible and go, excuse me. Maybe it's praying for them on the way to work. Maybe it's praying for them at home. I had a guy who worked with me for 30-some years, and we had a lot of ups and downs, probably more downs than ups. And it was tough, man. It was tough. And he was going through a situation, and I was going down Little Florida Road, and the Lord said, you need to call and pray for him. I go, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I don't want to do that, right? My lip was probably like that. 
So I called him and I prayed with him. And he received that. And guess what? I want to tell you a story. I thought everything's going to be great when he comes back to work. It's just going to be wonderful. And he came back to work and it wasn't. But I was obedient. Right? Maybe it was about, were you going to do that? Maybe it wasn't about him. Maybe it was about me. Maybe it was about still making God known. Maybe it was about living Christianity out and expressing a life of Christ through his church into the world. Maybe it was about that. I didn't argue with God and say, well, see, it didn't work. You know what worked? Is that I got to hear the voice of God. And that I had a choice to, to either do what God asked me or not. And I did. And to me, that's a home run if you think about it. Just to hear the voice of the Savior. Just to hear the voice of the Lord in your life transforms everything. Amen? Let's keep on going. I know we've got to get on down the road here today. Talking a little bit more about expression. Love this verse. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We don't usually like to hear that. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And I pray as we walk out this week that we really get a hold of what God has for us. Question for you this week. Am I really relying on God? Lord, how do you want me to rely on you even more? You know? Is it that I'm going to trust him with my finances? Am I going to trust him with my children? Am I going to trust him with the situation that keeps coming up at work? Am I going to trust him that things are going to get better? Are we going to do that? And go back to that fully rely on God. God's made a promise to us that he's sure to keep. Come across this here. And we'll read this. I got a little something I want to read to you before we wrap it up. This is, a, this is something real old. It's from an unknown author. And I, and I remember hearing this probably 15 years ago. Some of y'all might have heard it. I want to share it with you. And I, I think about our hands, what we could do, you know. But our hands are really just following our hearts many times. And a guy writes this, and you might have heard it. He said, a baseball in my hands worth about six bucks. But a baseball in Mark McGuire's hands worth $19 million. It depends whose hands it's in. Tennis racket is useless in my hand, and tennis racket in Serena Williams' hand is worth a Wilmington uh, championship. It depends on whose hands it's in. A rod in my hand will keep a wild animal away. A rod in Moses' hand will part the mighty sea. It depends whose hands it's in. A slingshot in my hand is a kid's toy. A slingshot in David's hand is a mighty weapon. It depends whose hands it's in. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hand is a couple of fish sandwiches. Two fish and five loaves of bread in God's hand will feed thousands. It depends whose hands it's in. Nails in my hand might produce a birdhouse. Nails in Jesus' hands will produce salvation for the entire world. It depends whose hands it's in. He writes on me and he says, and you see now it depends whose hands it's in. So put your concerns, your worries, your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your family, your relationship in God's hand. Because it does depend on whose hands it is. It all depends. I'm going to end with this. I remember when Jesse was little, I probably shared this, and I would rock him. And I would look at his little teeny hands. That always fascinates me with baby the little feet. They're so complete. Their hands are so complete. And I would think, Lord, 
what will you do with this boy's hands? Will he help somebody out? Will he put them together to pray? Lord, I want y'all to look at your hands just like this for a second. Just open your hands right there and look down where I'm talking to you. Lord, what will you do with my hands? Will you use them to tend to the elderly? Will you use them hands to, to reach food to somebody that's hungry? Lord, will you use those hands to, to applaud those that are standing up for the things of God? Lord, will you use those hands to help me teach people and point them to Jesus? It all depends. Whose hands you put your heart in. Let us pray. Father God, we love you and I thank you, Lord. And today, we know it all depends on you. And I'm glad of that. And I pray if there's somebody here today that's never put their faith and trust in you, that they realize it does depend on you. So if you're here today and you, you, you say, wow, that's a, a message to make me think. It's supposed to make you think. It's supposed to bring it to a point of a decision. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me translate that. We all need Jesus. How do I, how do I grab hold of Jesus? You open your heart and you say, Lord, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today I'm putting my faith and trust in you. If that's you today, I want you to pray with me right where you're at. And believe and listen what the Lord has for you today. He says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me tell you, friends, as I was at that funeral yesterday, it was a great celebration of life because we know whom our friend has put their trust in. And the preacher there said this, and I know exactly what he meant. He said, there's nothing worse there's not a worse nightmare for a pastor or a preacher to stand and preach somebody's funeral and not know if they know Jesus or not. Because the Bible is very clear. There's one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. Without that, that person will spend eternally, eternal life in hell. But you don't have to. You don't need to. And you surely don't want to. And we don't want you to either. So if you're listening today, know that it all depends on Christ and his grace for you and his love for you. He says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So call on his name today and know that it's a new day. It's a fresh start. And God is worthy to hold us and delighted to do so. That's his desire for us to know him and for him to be known throughout this world and into the next. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.